Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Shazam in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Before we really start talking about the movie, the the exclamation point. The last movie I can remember seeing, uh, at least especially in theaters, that had an exclamation point was Mother. Um, one uh, grammatical difference being that Shazam is capitalized, whereas Mother was generally not capitalized uh, in its usage. And yeah, it's it's just it's not a. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know Shazam from the comics. I don't really understand it. I had a very passing knowledge that the character even existed uh, prior to the film coming out. Uh, there are some out things that happened in the in the movie that I was aware of that I won't be able to talk about because spoilers. But I, I think most of it is simply. Um, I don't know. It's very unknown. You know, for me. And so I'm not sure if it was, you know, stylized that way in the comics, Shazam! exclamation point, or, I don't know, just uh, emphasis. Because, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where it it makes sense. You know, he's not just saying Shazam, although I guess he could, but he's yelling it. He's only ever yelling Shazam uh, to turn into and out of being Shazam, or being the the best self that he can be to having these powers and whatnot so i don't know i i, I like it and i guess i don't know i'm not i'm not really sure where this part of the episode is going i, I like that the exclamation point is there it's interesting it's unique it's different it, it helps you know give it that little bit of edge that, that you know and i think as a movie that is kind of geared towards kids it definitely looks for um or definitely feels like something that feel a little edgier, maybe something that kids will be like, "Oh, you can scream it," sort of thing. Very subtle, but definitely there. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about Shazam. Uh, I got I saw it last night in uh, IMAX. It was, I mean, not a packed house by any means. It was a, one of the 4 p.m. showings, but there was a good number of people there. A lot more than there there were for Dumbo. And I had heard a lot of good things. This is a very well-reviewed movie. It's, like, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got, you know, it had glowing reviews from the early screenings that it did a couple weeks ago. And a lot of people were saying best movie of the DCEU. um, Best, you know, comic book movie this year so far. You know, the first DCEU movie that's really fun. So... Uh, despite not really watching the trailer or, or knowing much about what the movie is, besides a kid who turns into a superhero, I had I had decently high expectations for it. I was anticipating it. I was looking forward to it, even though it didn't really seem like my cup of tea. Uh, it, it felt like it was going to be a very superficial movie, and I was really concerned about that. So, watching the movie... A couple of things that I, I immediately take away. It, it is definitely not just a superficial movie. It, it most certainly it does the 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 Spider-Man thing of 
yeah, this, this kid has a lot of power and a lot of responsibilities to use that power correctly, but we also get to see this movie as if it isn't a superhero movie. We see the kid dealing with kid things. We see the kid dealing with school, with um, family issues and, and whatnot, friends and, and so on. It's, it's Shazam does a good job of making us know that this superhero is not Zachary Levy. It's, it's a 14-year-old kid. And I think that's a good thing. I, I think that having that angle for the film is a positive one. Um, it, it makes it very relatable. Because if you are a kid, you're a kid. But if you're not a kid, I, I think... One of the reasons we enjoy Spider-Man so much and, and seeing that dual side of his character is that he deals with normal everyday problems. And while Billy Batson isn't exactly dealing with problems that everyone has in, in life, it it's a lot easier to, to empathize with someone's problems when they're um, earthly than when they're supernatural. And he definitely has those issues, and and we can, you know, these are these are character elements and character tropes that we've seen in other movies, and we can know how to relate to them. We know how to connect to them and what to expect from them. So on that level, I, I did appreciate and like the grounded elements that Shazam has. I, I think the the cast of kids does a generally strong job. Uh, with what they're given, with the material, they they feel like unique characters. They are given enough importance and agency that they they over. I don't know. They 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 just. It felt like what adults would feel like if an adult was the superhero character. You know, like Spider-Man: Homecoming. The the kids around Tom Holland and around Peter are real kids, you know, the three or four at least that get elevated above background noise. And that's the same in this. So what about uh, Shazam? What about the superhero stuff? Again, I didn't know what Shazam's powers were, um, but they're apparently everything. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not a stretch to say that he's Superman, if not more than Superman. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess, like, he's super strong, he's super fast, he can fly, he has electricity. Um, I guess he's not quite... I guess they're comparable, he and Superman. He doesn't have laser eyes that we saw. Um, he's bulletproof, not just the suit, but the skin. He's um, everything proof. Uh, and as far as we know, he doesn't have kryptonite as a weakness. Um... He just needs to be able to speak and say Shazam as a kid to transform into uh, his superhero identity. So, that, and and on the surface level, that feels a lot. It's a lot of abilities, it's a lot of power, you know, he, he can really just kind of do whatever he wants and there isn't much to stand in his way. And I thought well, Shazam did a solid job of showing us that He's not perfect, you know? That's It's the Superman problem. And the answer in this movie was, it's a kid. So he doesn't know how to do anything. He's learning as he goes. Plus, he doesn't 
respect the responsibility that he has. And we'll see how this comes into play in future movies, uh, assuming Shazam reappears. But uh, besides that, you know, it, it. I think that um, Sandberg, the director, uh, da, 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 David Sandberg, who also directed Lights Out, uh, you know, he had a great. He he maneuvered the film in such a way, and and you know, shepherded the performances and so on, so that we see this kind of abuse of power from Billy Batson. He doesn't really know what to do. There's a moment where he saves a bunch of people, uh, but the point behind that is that he caused their peril, and that's the kind of thing that this movie deals with that I don't think I've really seen a Superman movie handle. You know, Superman does not wantonly use his powers. He's not, you know, just laser eyes everywhere for the fun of it. He's not frost-breathing things for the fun of it. He's not, you know, whatever. Uh, and in this, you know, this kid in this adult body is abusing it. He is taking advantage of these abilities and uh, very much not living by the credence of with great power comes great responsibility, despite having you know his closest friend who does know about this kind of stuff in his ear you know trying to tell him what he's doing isn't the right thing to do and it takes him a while to kind of get to the point where he can balance those those ideas but that gets me to a point that i i, I a problem i did have with the film and Obviously, you know, Kid Billy Batson and Shazam superhero, very different, you know, maybe foot and a half taller, two times as the, the, the muscle, or like as much muscle in Shazam as Billy Batson weighs in his whole body, you know, superpowers, the whole kind of thing. And at times, in the Zachary Levy body, Levy, Levi, Levy, um... You definitely know it's a kid, you know. I, I think it definitely is a kid, uh, and yet it doesn't feel like Billy Batson. We're given an extended sequence of of, of Billy, and um, who plays Billy? Um, Asher Angel. We get a lot of Asher Angel before we are introduced to Shazam, and from what we see, I didn't feel like they were really the same person. You know, if I, you know, I wanted Zachary Levy to act like Asher Angel does. I wanted him to have that about him, and he doesn't. He's much more innocent. He's much more almost childlike. Um, you know, he's much more energetic. He's much more pumped up. And, you know, maybe that's just the, the addition. I don't know. Are there more hormones? It, you know, how much of the, the this genetic difference is, is affecting him and his, his thought process and his actions and whatnot. But even if it is, it's, it's just still jarring and doesn't make sense. Because when you look at things that happen later in the movie, it, it, I don't know. It just doesn't work out the same way. And uh, I had a problem with that. I You know, I wanted to feel like these two characters were the same, and yet when they weren't, you know, when we switch from one scene where he's Zachary Levi and Levi, Le Levi, one screen where he's Asher Angel, they're kind of different people. 
and in more than just the way they look. And I, I think that was one of the biggest road bumps, uh, speed bumps in this in this film for me. Uh, another one is how poorly paced it is. Uh, the opening sequence is a flashback that I loved. I loved this flashback. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it's incredible. I, I was just halfway through it. I was like, oh my goodness, is this, is this really? I was kind of like getting goosebumps, like watching this opening sequence and it was what I thought it was. And I was like, yes, I want this. This is great. This movie is going to kill it. And then we kind of get to present day Billy Batson and, um, I, uh, oof, I, I did not, I don't know, just, it drags, it drags, it drags, it drags. Um, I wasn't very interested in it. Um, the second act of the movie, when, you know, experimenting, you know, with superpowers and, and trying to figure out what this means and who this, what this is. Okay, uh, I can get into that. That that was okay, but, uh, it, I mean, it has a decent use of Don't Stop Me Now uh, from Bohemian Rhapsody, better than uh, the entirety of... Bohemian Rhapsody, oh my God. from from Queen, sorry, uh, better than the entirety of Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, then we get the third act, which is um, recognizing that there's a villain in the movie. And coming into this, I didn't even know who played the villain. Um, they they give it away pretty early, but I, I didn't know who it was at the start of the movie. And um, Mark Strong, uh, he's fine. Uh, he he definitely is having a lot of fun with the role and fun with the character, and uh, I enjoyed him in this performance. But it, you know he he's not much of a villain, in in my opinion. He's not a well written villain in my opinion. Uh, but you know we get the third act, which is now there's a villain. What do we do? And then there's the fourth act of the film, in my opinion, uh, which is uh, overcoming the vi- villain. Because, holy crap, the I, uh, for, at first I was really excited because as soon as the villain learns of Billy Batson having powers, boom, he's there. He's like, take this guy out, deal with him now, let's, let's squash this before it gets out of hand. And that happens like halfway through the movie, eh, maybe a little more than that, maybe like hour 10 minutes, hour 15. There's still an 50 minutes left of conflict and it's just too long it is just way 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 too long uh, you, you the, the movie does not it, it just conflict there's no resolution it's just conflict and then more conflict and more conflict, and run away run away from the conflict and engage the conflict and run away from the conflict and more conflict and run away and it's just that's all it is for the last 50 minutes it's just mark strong and zachary levy fighting in so far in so much in so many words but i just it, it just went on way 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 too long and it was very very tiresome uh i i was very frustrated. I think you, you, there's a solid 20, 25 minutes in this movie that I think you should, it should be shorter and, and you should cut out because it gets repetitive. Um, there's a couple of side plots and things that 
I think, just kind of bog the movie down. There's a sort of um, betrayal of trust between Billy and Freddie. Freddie Freeman, who's the um, best friend character. There's a there's a tension between them, and that's fine. Uh, you know, it has this nice moment at the end, kind of capping it off, but I just... It, it didn't need to be in this movie, is I guess my point. I think this movie tries to shoehorn in a lot of different angles and a lot of different moments that we don't need yet. You know, I, I don't think we needed them. I think there's a reveal at the end. I wish if there's a Shazam 2, I wish the second movie was just about that moment. Was just about that sequence happening and and whatever whereas this movie uses it and and goes further with it and 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 sets it up as as this new state status and i just i feel like they gloss over a lot of things in that moment um i don't know you know the movie makes does makes good use of some gags there's a floor piano gag that i thought was really good um Despite the fact that Zachary Levi and, and Asher Angel are different people, almost, uh, I did think that a lot of Zachary Levi's work was good. I thought he does; he was really fun, and clearly, you know, getting into this character and getting into this role uh, was enjoyable for him. And I, I liked it. You know, he's he's fun. He's he's nice. Um, I really liked uh, J- Jack Dylan Grazer, who's Freddy. I I thought he was really fun and. Um, Minus the the conflict that he has with Billy, I really enjoyed watching that character and and watching them change and and grow and kind of live vicariously through Billy because you know he's the one who wanted to be the superhero and I think that's an interesting angle. But we get like one couple a couple lines of dialogue about it in one moment and that's it. Um. Then there's the family dynamic, you know? This is a foster family. There are foster parents and six foster kids. And uh, that was... I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I kind of wish there was more of it, honestly. I think the kids get a lot of time to shine. Um, minus one, minus two. Of, I think two of them don't really get a lot to do. But four of the kids, um, Billy, Freddy... Oh, am I going to remember their names? Mary and Darla, I think, get elevated a bit above. I kind of wish the parents were a little more involved. They kind of felt like they were in the back seat, which is fine because it's a kid's movie. So, like, I get the the um, reasoning behind making that decision. But, I don't know, I think a lot of this movie deals with family. And, you know, I, I think... Giving them a little bit more uh, would have been helpful. I I think it would have helped get across that point. I think there was a way to do it that could have achieved uh, a little more understanding, a little more um, growth, especially for Billy. You know, I I think that that was a missed opportunity. And maybe that'll, again, sequel, who knows. But uh, as far as this movie is concerned, I don't quite think we had enough connection between um, the foster parents and the rest of the foster kids. Or, well, the foster parents and all the foster kids, Billy included. Um, 
Jimin Hansu is in this. He plays uh, an old ancient wizard. <laughs> um, and I liked it. I don't know. He, he doesn't have a lot to do. and He doesn't really get a chance to do much with it. So tough to say that um, he was bad or good, honestly. Uh, he was just kind of there. Um, the movie has end credits. There is a mid credit sequence that I thought was cool. And then in very, very, very beyond the end credits, um, beyond the credits, end credits sequence that was kind of unnecessary and, I don't know, it wasn't worth waiting around for, but I did, so uh, it was okay. Um, the movie pay- picks, uh, takes a lot of shots at the rest of the DCEU. Um, you know, shots against Superman, shots against Batman, shots against uh, Aquaman. Um, kind of just... Ma- take, just having a lot of fun, and... I'm glad. I'm glad that this movie felt comfortable to just use those elements and and use these other movies. And and I don't think it turned them into like a punching bag. I don't think it's, you know, putting them down exactly. But it's just acknowledging that they're there because they are. And, And, you know, you're a kid and there's a Superman and a Batman and a Wonder Woman and an Aquaman in the world. How do you not talk about them every other day? How is there? How are they not front page news all the time? How are they not constantly coming up in conversation? And this movie shows that they do, they should. And so when Shazam appears, everybody's like, "Oh my goodness, our town! We have a caped crusader too. We have, you know, a, a man in tights, a this, a that, or whatever." And that's great. I, I think too often, especially in the early goings, Marvel kind of ignored that. And I think they're kind of starting to address those issues now, which I'm I, I'm pleased with. But I do think Marvel kind of shied away from that early on. So, yeah. Um, Shazam. Again, I, I think it's fun. I think kids are going to enjoy it. And uh, clearly the reviews are very positive. I would still probably end up giving this a fresh review. Uh, ultimately, but it's like a low 60s movie for me. I I think it's got a lot of problems that uh, just kind of seem to get glossed over, and that's that's about it. You know, visually, from a visual standpoint, uh, a lot of flying in this movie. Doesn't look amazing. Uh, There's a a lot of flying in this movie. There's a lot of green screen. Um, Yeah. I don't know. The, the visuals aren't that great. Uh, they're not as good as Captain Marvel, and um, that wasn't even amazing. So, here's to uh, Endgame having much better visual effects because I expect it to. So, yeah, Shazam, low 60 score. You know, not a recommend exactly, but certainly not something I wouldn't tell somebody to see because I think it was a lot of fun, and I think most people will enjoy it, probably more than me. So, yeah, Shazam, Shazam. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I uh, do appreciate it. If you would like to um, find more episodes, uh, most places where podcasts can be found, uh, you can find the Circle of Film podcast. You can also head over to circleoffilm.com, the website, check out more episodes, top 10 lists, um, Circle of Film Awards and things. The 2019 Circle of Film Awards preliminary list is still not up yet. And uh, It's really only the best scene category holding me back. I will get to that, hopefully by this weekend. 
by the end of this weekend um, and make sure that that's up. Uh, additionally, if you like to support the show, you can um, like, subscribe, review, rate the show. Uh, that would help uh, either on iTunes or you know whatever podcast service you use. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash circle of film and subscribe for as little as eight cents an episode. That's all. Uh, and uh, then you can follow me if you want. Uh, Twitter at circle of film, letterboxd at circle of film, or send me an email circle of film at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode once more. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell. I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never. Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu Nothing's really left or lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever, only out of place So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute.